Have you noticed your vehicle visit frequency eroding in recent years? Has COVID caused it to erode even further? It wasn't that long ago when most shops were seeing vehicles an average of two and a half to three times a year. Now we consider ourselves lucky if we average one and a half times per vehicle per year. Well, if this sounds like your shop, you're not alone, and you're going to love this month's podcast. Today, shop manager Joanne Corniola and shop owner Russ Crosby share what they've done and are doing to turn their downward visit frequency spiral around. It's driving change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. This podcast was created to improve our members' experience and to further assist with their growth. My hope is that you'll find the stories you hear from fellow shop owners relatable to where you are, where you were, or where you want to be. Ultimately inspiring you to take that next necessary step. You'll be hearing how others fought the same fight and what they did to get through it and come out better on the other side. Tune in each month for another inspiring story to drive change in your shop. Well, welcome back, everybody. Today, we got a real special treat for you. I was hoping to have more, but we got two panelists here with me today. Joanne, oh God, help me out. Corniola. Corniola with me from Jerry Noonan's Auto Center in Monroe Township, New Jersey, and coincidentally, also from New Jersey, I have Russ Crosby from Russ's Wrench in Clinton, New Jersey. How far away from each other, you guys, by chance? Probably 40 minutes or so. 40 minutes. And you've never met, except where, a class maybe? You've never met. Yep, we met in in a class not too long ago, actually. So everyone knows these are two somewhat total strangers here getting together to talk about the same topic. And what we're here to talk about everybody today is what our challenges are with getting visit frequency up. We've seen visit frequency drop over the years when uh, oil change intervals extended from 3,000 to 5,000 miles in general. And recently, a year or so ago, we've been hit with COVID and that has had people drive even less. And most shops are seeing a dramatic decrease in visit per vehicle. We're here today to talk about some solutions to that, and I hope everybody listening is really, really excited because this is the topic that I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. So with that being said, before we get into it, I'd like to start with Joanne. And just, Joanne, would you mind just giving everybody a quick little commercial about who you are, why you're here? Of course. So obviously, my name is Joanne, and I do work at Jerry Noonan's Auto Center. I'm the general manager there. I've been there since... 2008, I actually started in a work-study program in their auto body shop. Then I moved up and now I'm in the office and I'm taking care of everybody there. We've actually been in business for 34 years today. Today's our anniversary. So happy anniversary. Thank you. So we've been there for quite some time. We're trusted by the community. Every day is a good day there. We love it. You said something about, you said body shop as well. Is that right? Correct. Yep. You came, when you came in, what did you say? You were an apprentice? Is that right? Did I get that right? Yep. Through high school work study program. I worked as a high school work study program. All right. So Joanne, what you didn't realize is you just told me another podcast you will be on at some point in the future, (laughs) because that's another big one this industry needs to hear about. And everybody listening, if you haven't thought about how to bring in people from uh, outside of our industry, or even inside of our industry, into a training program to make your business better. There is no better way than that. And you've been there since 08, right? Correct. Yeah. Apparently it works. Thank you, Joanne. Appreciate that. Russ, let's hear your commercial. So I'm, I'm Russ Crosby. Uh, I own Russ's Wrench. Uh, we started it. Uh, my wife and I started this business about seven years ago on April 1st. So, you know, April Fool's Day, we thought it'd be a great, great way to, to celebrate by opening a business. You know, our passion is really helping our community. You know, fixing cars is just the skill that we have, but our passion is really helping people here at Russ's Wrench. You know, we love what we do and, you know, every day is fun. It's a challenge, but it's fun. So that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. You know, a little secret. My wife and I bought our house 24 years ago on April Fool's Day. It was a great day. <laughs> so, I'm with you. Good day. 
All right. So that said, let's get into it. Joanne, mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a lot longer than COVID. How long has it been that you've been scheduling service based on time, not mileage? We've been scheduling it based on time for years now. Where we are in Monroe Township, New Jersey, there our demographic is mostly adult communities. We have about 12 of them just in our local area in Monroe Township. We've gotten very accustomed to explaining and educating the customer on why they should do time-based, mile, uh, time-based maintenance versus mileage-based maintenance. A lot of our customers over here don't drive as often as normal. Their cars sit a lot. We make sure to educate them on that. Your service intervals, as far as you can remember, back to 08 or so, have never been time or mileage. It's been, well, you probably talk mileage, but it's been more based on time services than mileage services. Is that an accurate statement? Absolutely. So you never knew any better. Yep. (laughs) Interesting. And and how do you think that shaped your opinion of this? Because I'm sure you've heard lots of people all the time talk about time versus mileage and probably having a hard time really getting off of that that mindset because it's been so long. What, What goes through your mind when you hear that? So it's interesting because I've always known it as time-based. So to hear the mileage-based, I know that's an industry standard. I know I'll ask my parents and they say 3,000 miles, 5,000 miles. They're just so accustomed to that. When at our shop, we talk about time because their cars sit there for a while. We take care of the customer. We want to make sure their cars are good. The longer they sit, you know, the more problems they can have with their vehicles with the fluids degrading and moisture content buildup and all these things where, you know, that's really what's important more so than mileage. Cause sometimes you don't see these people for two years. They, they won't drive their cars. They drive it to the supermarket and the grocery store. And that's about it. So Jerry Noonan's was doing this long before you even started. Yes. I wonder, do you know, or can maybe you can speculate as to where along the line or why or who, this started for Jerry Noonan's when the industry was exactly the opposite? I will accredit Jerry Noonan himself. He's a genius when it comes to cars, honestly. And he's very personable. Everybody loves him. So I'm sure he came up with the conversation piece himself when he was dealing with his older clientele to talk to them and really get information on their vehicles and how they're maintaining their vehicles. And he became the go-to guy that had all the answers. I'm sure along the line, he came up with the idea Let's get you in for time. Let's make sure everything's good. Awesome. Russ, I don't want you to feel left out. You want to add anything to this? <laughs> you know, it, it just seems like uh, I, don't, I don't know uh, uh, Jerry himself, but it, it sounds like he, he saw a need there um, to make sure that that schedule was always full. And uh, it sounds like he just used, used a really good thought process and came up with something really great. And it seems to be working really well for you. That's great. That's awesome. Either of you ever see the movie Robots? No, I don't think so. It's an animated movie. The movie was about these robots that the guy Ratchet, who was the, the big guy, his, his job was to sell upgrades to all these robots because you know, they were fine, but he was trying to get you know, sales and all this stuff. Yeah, you, you become better. You don't have to be you. You can be these other things, right? So there was this, uh, the guy who started the program who is now you know, kind of retired and out of the way. His, his, he was all about engagement and helping others and all that. Now the company has turned into basically sticking their middle finger up and selling stuff, right? So the motto of this original founder, see a need, fill a need. It's funny when you said that, Russ. I was already thinking that. And in my head, I'm thinking that's exactly what Jerry did, right? He saw a need, he filled it. And where I think we as an industry have been behind the eight ball here is that not enough of us are seeing the need. As an industry, it's an enormous need that other industries have seen this need along their evolution, and we're asleep at the wheel right now. I think you'd both agree with that, yes? Oh, yeah, definitely. So what's the situation at your place, Russ? You know, how, are, how are you dealing with this situation? This has always been something that we talked about doing um, through, you know, through classes, and I've heard I've heard other shop owners saying that they've started switching to time instead of, instead of mileage. And it's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. 
And then, um, you know, last year, the year prior to COVID, we ended up in February and we were kind of like all looking at each other. Where's the work? What's happening? Right. And uh, again, I said, you know, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to start using time instead of mileage. And uh, COVID hits and I was I was talking with uh, my coach and I'm talking I, I was actually in a class with Jeff. And, you know, again, you hear we got to start switching to time you know, time-based services instead of mileage. And I'm like, this is going to be the way that I start to fill the schedule for next year. I can, I can start to uh, pop or I can, I can forecast more accurately what my schedule is going to look like for the following year or what, what my business is going to look like for the following year. So we, we've started to implement it and um, it's, it's really working well. My loop stickers have all been changed to have no mileage. It's just time. Uh, our customer uh, retention reminders are being sent out based on time, not mileage. And it's just, you know, that's that's the topic of conversation in the shop. Is It's all about time now. And, you know, I'm sure in the beginning, uh, Jerry had had a little bit of a, he had to have had an issue trying to get the people to buy in, your customers to buy in and your team to buy into this. And we had a little bit of that ourselves, but uh, an analogy I like to use, I always like to refer to people's cars as their bodies, right? So, you know, if you're sitting in a chair for a few hours, are you just going to jump up and go for a run, right? Or if you sit in a chair for a few days, you're just going to jump up and go for a run. I know if I did that right now, I'd probably die. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and do that. But when you're, when your car sitting for that long, it's essentially the same thing. If you haven't been using it, and it's used to being used on a daily basis. And now it just sits. There's a lot of problems that can start to arise from that. And, you know, without getting too, uh, too techy, because we, you know, in the business, we all know what's going to happen, but our customers don't know that, right? You got to get, you got to get out of the, uh, get out of the car mind. I think I got that one from Jeff at some point. Stop thinking like a car person. You now explain to your customers what's happening and, and give them something relatable so that they'll feel it's an easier transition, right? When you're, when you're saying, hey, you know, your body doesn't like when you do that to it. Your car doesn't either. It just doesn't talk to you. It doesn't always throw a check engine light on, you know, because it's been sitting for so long. We really just focused on getting our customers to buy into the idea of going by time. Our businesses would be run, I think, a lot smoother if if more people did this. Because like I said, you could. it's a really easy way to forecast services, know what kind of inventory you need on a regular basis. There's so many so many different things that can go along with it. So either of you, what would you say to the shop owner who's listening to this saying, yeah, I've heard that a million times. We tried it. You don't know my neighborhood. You don't understand my customers. It, the, the series of excuses that you can imagine you've probably all thought of yourselves at some point or have heard others say and went, yeah, I've been there. You know, what would you say, either one of you, what would you say to that business owner? Personally, I would say, or do you think that there wasn't challenges for, for either of us? You know, there was a need for uh, Joanne's retirement communities to service their vehicles. And right down the street from my shop is a uh, commuter lot that all went, but dried up once COVID hit. So now I don't have those commuter vehicles there anymore. So we got to figure out ways to overcome uh, these challenges. If you look back, I'm sure the same people are, have also said, eh, I don't really know if I need to get that new tool, but they get that new tool. Or I don't know if I really need to do this, but I'm going to do this. And then you buy it and you get that thing. And you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? Why not try, right? Just give it, give it a go, try it. I feel good knowing that my customers are pre-scheduled uh, and, and coming back in next year already. I have, them, I have them scheduled. I know they're still coming back. So it's a, it's a good feeling. What would you say to that, Joanne? We're all good at making excuses, right? But eventually we have to at least try it because you're not going to know if it's going to work or not unless you try it. You could say it's not all you want, but until you actually do it, you know, and there's so many things that you can do with this. I mean, ourselves, we have maintenance logs that we give our customers. That's our buy-in. We get to talk with the customer about it and we get to see how the customer interacts with us and how they appreciate it. And all of a sudden we feel good about that and we want to help our customers more. And the same thing with the technicians. Luckily, we have such a good culture at our shop that our technicians care about our customers and they care about their cars. 
they want to make sure that they're safe at all costs. They like when they come in frequently so they can, you know, say hello, check out the car, make sure it's good to go. This way they're not worried about them. I think everything you guys said is spot on. But one other thing I guess I would add to that would be that I think most of the time we are looking for immediate gratification and we don't have the right expectation and that we assume that the second it comes out of our mouth that the person on the other end is going to say, oh yeah, that sounds good. And so when they don't right away, we immediately get discouraged. Or, or if we've said to ourselves it's not going to work, we're right. It doesn't, right? Because we're going into it with a bad attitude to begin with. But if we do, even if we're somewhat open-minded, we find that we are met with a lot of resistance. And then we're like, well, duh, this is, this is no good. I'm not doing this. And I think we give up too soon. To add to that, Jeff, I think we create a lot of our own resistance in our minds. We're already defeating ourselves before we're giving it a try. If you're, if you're already saying it's not going to work, you've already lost the battle. You can't go into it like that. You have, to, you have to keep an open mind. I mean, if COVID has taught us anything, it is that we have to keep an open mind. Things can change overnight, and they did for a lot of people uh, last year and even today. So I think that trying new innovative ways of doing business, I think that's where, that's where it's at because the automotive industry is changing big time with new EV vehicles out there. We really we need to focus on time and make sure that we're getting these vehicles in and start looking at our businesses. What, where they, what are they going to look like in 20 years? I think if you take the broad brush approach, right, and, and look at where your, is your business going to be and how could this help, write a little list down, see how it could help. And if you have at the end of it, a bunch of reasons why it could help, well, then give her hell. What's the worst that can happen, right? Absolutely. They're not going right. to come in even less. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we mentioned it a few times and it got us nowhere. Oh, well. Right? I mean, wh- really, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I think you got to, the, the big thing is stay consistent with it too. If you say you're going to try it, really try it, go for it. This paired along with ex- exit scheduling is huge. You, you could kill two birds with one stone, right? Start uh, getting people in for time and start exit scheduling. Have your, have your schedule booked up and you know, you're killing two birds with one stone. You know, I think Joanne is a great example of what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. She came into that company with zero expectations, had no bad baggage or habits along with her, didn't have the right way to do it or the way I've always done it in her mind. So when they said every X months, this is when this happens, she said, okay. And as a result, guess what? It worked. Yep. You know, and I think that's really the hardest part for a lot of us. We, we get wrapped up in, well, I've done it this way for 20 years or that'll never work because, and when you don't have that baggage, you win. You, you get nothing holding you back, nothing. And you focus on solutions, not reasons why to give up. Our customers are already pre-exposed to what we're trying to provide them. You know, the three of us were chatting a little bit before we started here about basically every other service out in the world that we deal with is based on time. Your, your dental visits, your doctor visits, your, your everything, right? So the people that we're trying to pursue and, and convince that this is how they should service their vehicles are already predisposed to what we're teaching them. And... In, in my personal opinion is people like having things set up that are super easy, right? They, they know their vehicle's got to come in twice a year or three times a year. If you're shooting for three times a year, you give them the dates and say, this is when you're coming in. That's it. They don't have to think about it now. They don't have to remember to look up at the oil change sticker or see the thing pop up on their dash. And now they, you know, they weren't expecting to have to go get their oil change next week, but now they have to. If we give them this schedule, like, hey, you're coming in these, these three specific times, it just makes, it makes their life easier. They know what to expect at that point. It's not, you know, that light isn't a surprise to them. And people love taking things easy. They like, they love when, when it's super simple for them. And I, I just believe that, or the, you know, the rest of our customers are, they're already doing this. We just need to, we need to accept that it's time to make a change. And just to add to that, you make a great point. Consistency is key, right? And then with this new day and age, nobody likes making phone calls and calling up and asking when they can come in. If you hand them the card, if you give them that information, 
they're already expecting it. They're more likely to walk through that door than hopping on the phone and having to call you and find out what time they could get in. They're, no- they're also kind of committed at that point too. Absolutely. Right. They don't want to, they don't want to run into you at a grocery store and you say, Hey, you were supposed to come in. No, they, they're, they're committed at that point. Yep. Put the golden handcuffs on them. Right. <laughs> if I could ask Joanne, cause I think a lot of people listening might be hearing this going, yeah, but you know, come on. I tried that. It didn't really work. Or, or how often does that really work? So Joanne, give us a number. You've been doing this a long time, right? You know, Russ is kind of scratching the surface and, and trying to make a go of it, but you've been doing this for a while. So if I were to ask you what percentage of the time do people actually show up based on time versus mileage, what would you tell me? I'd say about 70% of our customers come religiously based off of time. Now, everybody listening to that either just dropped to the floor because they had a heart attack and couldn't believe it, or they're shaking the head going, no way. Maybe there's a few out there that are inspired by it and think, oh, good, I can do it, which is what I hope they're all doing. But the reality is because Joanne came into this with no baggage and walked into a world where that's what was being done, 70%. Everybody listening, please hear what she said. 70% of her customers show up based on time. Now, if you believe that you're going to go do this and it'll change tomorrow, you're going to fail because it won't. This is going to take time, but you too can get to 70%. And there's no better time than now to start. People are already starting to see and understand this. They're having challenges with their car because they're sitting. We'll get to that in just a moment. And those are the things that we need to use to help them see it. And if so, when COVID is over, we'll be in a much better position than when before it started. And we should have been doing this years ago. Joanne, yep. do you feel like if, if you looked, maybe I shouldn't ask you to feel, if you looked at your data and you looked at your visit frequency pre-COVID because of how you've been scheduling and now because of how you've been scheduling, how much has that impacted your visit frequency? I mean, at the beginning, obviously we had a dip, but once things started getting open again. I mean, it stayed pretty consistent. We have people that still call and maybe they don't want to come out or they don't want to go into the, our building and do all that stuff. No problem. We'll come pick up your vehicle. And they're absolutely fine with that. So they're still calling. They're still coming in. And you're seeing them that same twice or so a year that you said before, Yep. because it doesn't matter that they're not driving a car. They're coming in based on time. Do you, do either of you still have mileage on your stickers? I do, but we usually ignore that one. Change it. <laughs> Starting today. Russ? Yeah, no, we don't have mileage on them. Yeah, no. Interesting. I bet some people are going to struggle with that one. I can't take mileage off. Why not? Why can't you? Is there some law that says if you don't put mileage on the sticker that the police are going to come and, and there's going to be some fine or they're going to put you in jail? I mean, why, why, where, where is it written that you must do it that way? I haven't seen it anywhere. And I think some people, again, are going to struggle with that. All right, let's talk, let's switch to a slightly different but related topic. What would be some of the reasons why, and I think everybody knows, or knows some of this, I don't think they know all of it, but what would be some of the reasons why I would want to bring my car in every four, five, six months, as opposed to when I hit a certain mileage? The biggest thing is that over time, fluids, wearable items, rubber, they break down, they degrade. Moisture builds up in the fluids from condensation, from sitting there. There's a whole bunch of things that happen behind the scenes that people don't realize. Going back to that analogy I had before about uh, the human body, if we get up and try and run, if the car, if the vehicle's actually sitting in, in your driveway and you're not really using it, you are gonna use it, but they're gonna be using it probably for long trips, right? They're gonna be going somewhere. Unless you're in New Jersey, you can't really go anywhere. Uh, you can't make a left turn in New Jersey either. Yeah. Nor can you pump your own gas. What's wrong with Jersey? <laughs> we're, hey, we, we're supplying jobs to the uh, to the youth, okay? Okay. Fine. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the vehicle's sitting a lot. You have rodents that could get in there. And mm-hmm. you, we all know that they're on our payroll. They're definitely on the payroll. <laughs> Flat spots and tires. 
fuel, I, I, Joanne talked about uh, moisture getting into brake fluid, your brake lines, your steel brake lines on some of the older vehicles could start to rust out. And you decide to put your whole family in your car and go running down the highway to go three hours away and pop a brake line. Nobody's going to be happy. I know if I had my two kids in the car and I'm stuck on the highway, I'm not going to be happy. It's going to fall back on you too, isn't it? The shop. Oh yeah. 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 Cause you should have known better. Right. Yeah. But we're still letting them go because they didn't go the miles. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I had to say that. (laughs) No, it's okay. And I mean, the other thing too is for those that are doing um, maybe the fridgy fresh services and stuff like that, you get that mildew smell in the car. You want to make sure it's clean. You want to make sure that it's healthy for people to get in there and be able to drive. So, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to having the vehicle come in uh, multiple times a year. I mean, it's all preventive, right? I mean, it isn't even necessarily about doing an oil service. It's just the car needs to be looked at that many times. Think about your brakes too, right? Your brake material, your rotors are basically unfinished metal that are going to have corrosion spots all over them or brake pads that get stuck in the in the uh, bracket. Now you, the customer may take it out and drive it and they just smoke the brakes off of the car or now they have a big problem. Whereas if it was coming in a couple times a year, we can, we're looking at that. We're watching that. We're able to prevent a, a major problem for our customers and save them money. Keep them safe, save them money. Yep. Isn't it fair to say that if you really, really think about it, it's almost, if not an argument can be made that it is worse for a car to sit than to actually be driven in terms of its ability to last and not break and so forth. That this argument of time or miles was good when the car was being driven, but when the car is not being driven, that's equally as detrimental or more so to the car. Absolutely. Is that fair? Yep. Why can't they're we machines? They're made that? to run. Yeah. See, I mean, flat spots develop on the tires, right? You know, and they dry rot too. Mm-hmm. They need to be moved. That's why that fluid has to move around inside of there. Heck, if you don't get it, you, you know, Joanne, you mentioned uh, condensation. You don't get it up to operating temperature. That never burns off. That just sits in there. What's happening inside that crankcase? Come on, we can make those arguments. And I love what, what Russ said about, you know, the body sitting still for a long period of time. You know, if we can tell those kinds of relatable stories and get people to really understand it in that way, you know, we don't have to use technical terms. That's the much better way to get somebody to buy in. I know if anybody listening heard that, they thought, oh, that makes sense. Because it does. And that's how your customers are going to feel. We were talking before we got together here, and, and I mentioned this because I, I think that a lot of the problem is getting the salesperson to buy in first. I think you mentioned that a second ago, Russ. And one of the things that came to mind when I heard that initially was you said so many other industries don't schedule the way we do. Well, think about a hair appointment as an example. So anybody went in to get your hair cut and they made appointments for, you know, X number of weeks later, say six weeks later. And uh, they said to you when you, when you made the appointment, right, we'll see in six weeks or two inches of hair growth, whichever comes first, right? That, that's always the conversation you have, right? Yeah, definitely. What, what is wrong with us, right? We never think that. We, oh, well, six weeks, yeah, it'll be time, right? It's predictable. It's predictable when you'll need a haircut. It's also predictable when you need service. And I wonder if we think about this based on oil changes, we can kind of wrap our head around it, but what about all the other services? 30,000 miles or three years on a transmission service, maybe it shouldn't be three years. Maybe it should be two. But even if it is three, why do we let them come in at 50? Because you know that was longer than three years. And if it isn't because it's sat, then three years should have been the answer or maybe even something sooner than that. The point is, is if we take mileage out of anything, you name it, cabin air filter, air filter, brakes, hoses, belts, tire rotations, uh, transmission service, power steering service, battery check, anything, alignment check, on and on and on and on. If we took the mileage out and just focused on time, how many more visits? would we be getting out of our customer base? Think about it. If I, if I owned a hair salon and I let people come in when they wanted to, would they come in when it's just about time or a little bit before time, 
or are they going to come in after they look in the mirror one day and say, oh, my God, this is a mess? And how many more visits did they lose because I waited for overgrowth as opposed to just the right amount of growth? How many visits do we lose because we wait for them to focus on mileage instead of time? Yep. It's crazy when you put it that way. Well, isn't it true? Absolutely. It makes sense. I am really excited that you guys came on today because I truly believe this is one of the most important things any automotive repair shop can focus on right now during COVID to make their business better for the future. This is the time to strike. If we wait until after, it's going to be too late. It's no different than anything else we've changed in our business because of COVID. I know lots of shops have been smart enough to integrate pickup and delivery into their uh, service now because of COVID, because they're seeing that as a way to get cars and door, and that's definitely one of them. But I can't tell you how often I'll talk to people and they'll tell me this, oh God, this is so good. We should have done this years ago. You guys feel the same way? Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. so you know what's ironic about that? I don't know how many shops are going to listen to this, but let's just say of 100% of the shops that listen to this, I'd be willing to bet easily half of them will stop doing pickup and delivery when the world gets back to some sense of normalcy. It's a temporary thing. I'm only doing it during COVID. They are focusing on what to do to get through COVID instead of how their business is changing because of COVID. And the other 50% are going to kick the 50% that we just talked about in the teeth because they're going to keep up with great service and not do it because they have to, because they know it's right. And you know what? A lot of those people I just said that will stop are the same ones that said we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have waited so long, which is really crazy to me. And that's why I say this is important now more than ever. You guys have anything else you want to add to this? I just think it's a great opportunity to build your business. And like Jeff just said, picture your business in 20 years. What's it look like and how can this help? Absolutely. And just keep in mind the customer. I mean, we're doing everything we can to help the customer here when we do our maintenance by time. Another thing that we offer is actually summer and winter checks. It's just another service that we can provide when the customers say don't need an oil change or another service, but they can still come in, still get things checked out, make sure everything's good to go. Summer and winter checks. Wait, wait, wait. Let's think about this. We know that COVID, I don't, I don't know if everyone listening has done this, but I guarantee you if they take a hard look at their visit frequency, they will find that they are seeing the cars that come, not the customers, but the cars well under twice a year. My guess is probably even closer to 1.2 or three times a year. And if that's true, if you just went to a seasonal thing, like you just said, winter and summer, you're automatically seeing them twice a year just from that. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to uh, utilize all four seasons, like all of us on this call now can do because we're on the East Coast, you could get as much as four times a year out of them just to see them every season for an inspection. Could that be done? Yes. And oh, yeah. you think it can. I wonder, there's a, a product that we talk about a lot here called the seasonal, uh, the seasonal card or uh, seasonal service card. Have you seen that? It's got four different places for a yes. $25 discount. Do any of you use that? No. We actually want to start using that. I, uh, I, ha I do not use it. I haven't been using it. You know, something that I, uh, that I forgot to mention before is this isn't just a great, uh, a great thing to do for your, your regular customers, but also fleet accounts. Um, we've been working with a couple fleet accounts that we pre-schedule their appointments. So their, their vehicles are coming in every two months, every two months, because, it, you know, they have their super busy seasons and then they have their slower seasons. And sometimes these trucks would come in during the summer, uh, with, uh, like three, 4,000 miles overdue for, for service. Uh, and in the winter, it's not so much. But when we convert to go to every other month or two months, we're now seeing that vehicle way more than we ever did before. And we're able to prevent those big, massive bills. And I use it as a marketing uh, tool to get these fleet customers because I can say, look, What's your budget for your automotive expenditure or automotive repair expenditures this year? And they look at me and they 
they're like, what do you mean? We're actually trying to help them build a budget for their expenses on repairing these vehicles so that they, they have an idea of where they need to be at the end of the year. And we're gaining a lot of traction with fleet customers by doing that. The time thing works really, really well for your fleet customers. And at first they may say oh, two months is a lot, you know, you're going to be in there all the time. Right. But we're preventing you from, from replacing big expensive parts because your, your crews are just running the trucks and vehicles into the ground. So we've started to watch some of their, some of their repair bills come down because of doing this. Are you able to track that and actually show them how much money they're saving? Yeah, I mean, we, we're looking at, previous, especially the customers that we've been working with for a long period of time, we're able to show them when we implemented this, this uh, time basis, uh, opposed to mileage basis, we can show them, look, this is what your expenses were last year compared to two years ago when we were doing it every 3,000 miles and every ticket on the vehicle was like three, $4,000, right? Now your tickets are starting to come down. And we're, we're also able to provide them with some of these uh, maintenance services that they don't typically, that your fleet customers typically won't go after because we're incorporating the warranties that come with a lot of these fluid companies now saying, hey, when you do have a big breakdown, you're covered. So we can, we get them on the right path to really protect them from big expenses. So that was something I wanted to mention before, because that's been a really, really big, uh, a big game changer for our company and our fleet companies. You know, I had, I had a conversation with someone else last week. He also had a lot of fleets and we were talking about the same thing with, you know, time versus mileage. And, and he said, you know, one of the big things he noticed from one fleet in particular is he didn't realize this, but they were leaving the vehicles on and they were idling all the time. And whenever they were coming in, they were just beat, even when they were coming in at three or 4,000 miles like they were supposed to. And it's because they never shut them off. And they were buying engines, all kinds of stuff. They couldn't figure out why. And he, it was actually literally a discussion of probing. He was asking all kinds of questions and finally discovered that they were leaving these. These are gasoline engines. These weren't diesels. They were leaving them running. And Boom, there it is. Well, first of all, why are you doing that? And if you're not willing to change that, you have to bring it in more often and get the service. So he started changing his services for that fleet from mileage to actual hours. So hours of running became what drove him back in, which I thought was really creative in how he went about it. Yeah, the, uh, when the six liter diesel came out for Ford, that was a big problem. For our diesel vehicles, we try to focus on hours because it's it's really true. I think it's like 200 hours, but what was it? Uh, Comcast or something bought a bunch of these six liters and blew them all up before the first oil change because they had like something like 100,000 100, idle hours or something. It was in or 100, 100 idle hours, maybe less than a thousand miles because they were they were just idling them everywhere, always running. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a big problem. There's always an answer if you ask yourself how, and so many of us just go, well, I don't know what to do. It's just the way it is, you know, and something like, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do this. And it's like you said earlier, Russ, what's the worst that happened? Just try it. You know, it doesn't work. Find another way. Keep trying it to, to accept visit frequency to literally drop by half or more. That's, I mean, you know how much money it costs to make that up in, in additional vehicles? Would you rather experiment with get them in more often or go out there and, and spend the marketing dollars it's going to take to bring those people back in? I mean, I think if you look at it that way, it's a no-brainer. Yep, definitely. I want to mention one other quick thing that you said, Russ. You said exit or exit appointments, right? And um, how easy it is once you get them on the time thing to make an exit appointment. And I agree 100%. I think that that's another thing the shops really struggle with is, in general, is making that exit appointment. So I want to throw that out there that part of the reason why we're not seeing them as often as we can is we're not scheduling that exit appointment. And I want to remind everybody that it's not really an appointment. It's a reservation. reservation. <laughs> yeah, I, I misspoke when I said it. And I was like, oh, Jeff's going to get me for that one. And we do. <laughs> we call them reservations here. So how did you um, mess it up here? You know, I, I'm still, my team up front in the office will not call them appointments, but, you know, we implemented that. However, I don't really schedule a lot of people anymore, so I'm not, 
you know, I'm not used to using the word reservation, but yeah, reservations. We want to we want to schedule like doctor's offices, but we don't want to make it seem painful like a doctor's office. So right. we use reservations. We're going out to dinner when we come to your place, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Joanne, I'm just curious. Do you do you guys do that? The exit appointments, reservations, whatever you might call it. Yes, we do exit reservations, and it's really as simple as we have little cards that. After we do their service, we put a time-based visit. We usually do it every three months or five or six months, depending on conventional or synthetic oil changes, or if they're doing the winter or summer check. And we just write it on the card. We hand it to them. We say, this is your tentative date. We'll call you the week before. Just double check and make sure everything is good. It's the same day in the week that it was you brought this car in. So you're good to go. And we'll talk to you then. Awesome. And it works, right? Yes. Another little Achilles heel for most automotive shop owners. It's another one that blows me away. If we were making exit reservations at the bare minimum, even if they were based on miles, which is really how we taught it for a long time, then making that transition to what we've been discussing today about moving the time would have been that much easier. But now, whether we're doing it or not, it, one feeds the other. So if we get focused on time and we start using these exit reservations, I think that's just going to do nothing but enhance that. So I'm really glad you brought that up, Russ. And I, I want to ask you both another question. In New Jersey, do you have an annual inspection? Yeah, it's a it's, uh, little, little wacky, though. Because? For, for typical vehicles driving down the road, there's no safety inspection. It's just emissions. So we oh, are safety inspection. My God, no, but commercial vehicles do have safety inspections and uh, emissions tests. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a little weird. So the emissions is that every year, every two years, how is it? Every two years, every, every two years, every yeah. two years. Do both of your shops do those inspections? We do. So we are in the process of buying the equipment to start doing the state inspections. Okay. So then I'll ask Joanne this question then. Do you schedule a reservation for two years from now to have my emissions done? Oh, we actually haven't thought of that, but starting today, we will be scheduling. <laughs> Does it matter how many miles I go when it's time for an emissions? Absolutely not. Does a state in New Jersey care if the car was parked for two years? No. Hmm. Interesting. Is it predictable when that car is going to be ready for that next inspection? Oh, yes. There's a big sticker right on the windshield. In New Jersey, how do they decide when the next, next inspection is due two years from now? What's the, what's the next date? How do they figure that out? So they just go from a two-year mark. So if two it's- years from the last time it was done? Yep. So what if you were, say, a month overdue? Does it start from that overdue date or from the date you were supposed to do it? If you go past your inspection date, then yes, it's, it's backdated. So if you're due on 3-1 and you get it done on 4-1, you just missed out on a month. Okay, so it, so it is the same time every year no matter when you get it done. Okay, and that started when? Based on the registration on the vehicle, is that right? Yeah, usually it's when you bought the vehicle. That's when your first sticker goes on your car. So if I bought my car in 3-1 of whatever year, it's due on 3-1 two years later. Essentially, yep. Now, do, can I get it done anytime during the month of March, or does it have to be by that one day? Anytime in the month of March. It's not 3-1. It's due by whatever the last day of the month is. It's due by the last day of that month. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so that brings me to the new question, which is this. When do people tend to want to get their service done, their inspection done? Last minute. <laughs> the last day of the month, right? Let's think about this logically. Now, I know there's challenges that go along with this, but let's think about this logically. If I am able to make a reservation for that next emissions inspection towards the beginning of a month, wouldn't I do better with my service and sales throughout the month than waiting for them all to show up towards the end of the month and really probably seeing much lower tickets because now I'm responding to all of these inspections as opposed to giving myself time to spread that out. Oh, absolutely. 
Now, I know the skeptics are out there all going, well, it's not going to matter. They're still going to show up in the last of the month. And my answer to that would be, yeah, that will still happen. But not everybody. What if you 50% of the time, and I think you could do better than that, but let's just say it's 50% of the time, people come in more, more when they're supposed to or when you ask them to, as opposed to when it's too late. How much better are we doing? And the truth is, if I were you, I wouldn't schedule anything for the end of the month because you know they're going to show up anyway. I'd schedule for the first three weeks of the month and let those reservations shake out however they can. And then, you know, whatever the end of the month does, it does. Those are the walk-ins that, you know, whatever didn't. And the truth is, if I'm coming in for an admission, I'm probably just wanting that and I want to go home. A lot of them want to wait for it. Is that fair to say? That is fair. Yeah. So, so let's take the initial concept that we talked about earlier and thinking about this one thing. And I'm only talking now to people in states where they have an annual or semi-annual inspection like this. Pennsylvania, California has smogs. There's, there's something like this, right? If we now can take that and marry it to another service, what is that doing for the convenience for the customer? And how is that helping your average ticket and your ability to build from there? That should be so easy to do if we're already a, a company that schedules based on time. I, I'm surprised you're not doing that, Joanne. I, I thought for sure you, this conversation would have gone in a slightly different direction. So uh, I'm starting today, but I will say we do have a lot of people that come in based off of time with their oil change and their state inspection at the same time. They've already married it for you. Mm-hmm. See, now, now instead of having that happen by accident, you're going to have it happen on purpose. Yep. And how many more of those are we going to actually have? Well, there's a lot better odds that way. Good. So Russ, if I could just ask you real quick, since you haven't started yet, you're about to embark upon what Joanne embarked upon in 2008, which is she came into an environment, didn't know any better. You're going to do the same with the, with the reservations. I'm sorry, the uh, time versus mileage. You're going to come into the same thing now with emissions. What do you think? You think you're going to be able to pull it off in a better way? Oh, yeah. I think, I think that's a brilliant way to, to get your people into uh, into the shop, have it pre-scheduled and we're already looking at it when, when it's coming in. So trying to marry it, or maybe, maybe if, uh, if it doesn't quite line up, it could be one of those summer or winter, uh, health checks that, uh, Joanne was talking about, mm-hmm. turn it into something, something else that it wasn't before. So yeah, that's, that's a brilliant way to do that. I brought that up because I want you guys to really, everybody listening, I'm not really talking to the two of you. I'm talking to everybody. If you really think about it, Everything in our business becomes predictable now, right? So if I know that transmission service is due in two years or three years, whatever it is, I can pre-schedule that, can't I? If I know that emissions is two years from now, I can pre-schedule that, can't I? I should be able to leave here as your customer and literally see what next year's service is, when and what and how much, what kind of value would that bring to me as a customer in knowing exactly what I need to do with my car? To me, that is the paradigm shift in maintenance and service in this industry that we haven't gotten to yet that would just set anyone who does just so much further apart than the competition. What do you guys think of that idea? Yeah, it's almost exponential when you put it all together. There's no Um, guesswork. Yeah, you earn, earn a customer for life. It's just, it's the future. You know, the dentist did it many, many years ago. They stopped fixing broken teeth and they started servicing teeth. They had to because of fluoride, right? It was beat them or join them. The truth is cars are started, started getting built better. And we could argue maybe when, but I'd say maybe the late nineties is when that started really happening. And, and at that point, we should have been smart enough to see our visits drop. And that would have been the time to start thinking the way the dentist did when fluoride was invented. We got to stop saying, you know, it's their fault. It's ours. We, we got to, it's here. We got to jump on or jump off. If we keep going down the, the model of if it's broken, I'll fix it. We're going to find ourselves out of business, unfortunately. Well, to wrap this up, folks, here's what I'd like to ask the two of you, because I think both of you maybe are walking away with some changes you can both make. Um, as well as others. And there's a few other people that um, we were hoping would be on with us today that for whatever reason couldn't. 
So I'm going to propose that we get back together, say, in a half a year or so and maybe check in and, you know, ask the two of you what changes were made, what progress was made, either based on something that you picked up here today or something you did to enhance what you're already doing with scheduled time-based services. And um, hopefully be able to get some others to in, get involved in this as well and really share with everyone what progress we've made and what's really working. And I'm going to ask anyone listening to this today, if you are interested in joining us in a half a year or so, please reach out to me by emailing podcast at autotraining.net. I would love to either hear from you by what you've done, similar to what we've heard today, and or what you're willing to do and get on here and give us some feedback as to how it's going. What do you guys think of that? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I can count on you coming back and doing that. Definitely. And Joanne, you're going to come back on and talk about apprenticeships too. Yeah, I'm ready. That one, is, you have no choice. That's <laughs> happening. I don't know when, but that's happening. Sounds awesome. good. All righty. Any, any last minute words of advice either of you want to add as we, as we part ways here? Just go out there and try it. Just give it a shot. It's worth the effort. It's worth trying. If you stick with it, it's going to work out for you. There's really not a negative side to this. Put your pros and cons list together. I think the cons list can be pretty small. Joanne, anything you want to add? Just that it's all about building relationships, right? That's why we're here to help our customers build those relationships. This is a perfect way to do that. Yeah, what better way to build relationships by having it also be a win for you, right? <laughs> Which is visit frequency, right? Win-win. Gotta be both. Gotta be both. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. It was fantastic. I've, I've never had a panel like this before. And if we do this again in a few months or six, eight months, we might have a whole bunch of you. That would be fantastic. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Okay, everyone, sharpen your pencils. It's time for reflection. I wonder how many of you out there listening to today's podcast are the skeptics. How many of you heard a conversation with the three of us and hearing all about this new or unusual idea of turning our visits around by focusing on time versus mileage, by scheduling the next services and doing that based on time other than mileage, and thought to yourself, that's not going to work. Well, maybe it won't. But one thing I can say for sure is, you'll never know if you don't try. That's what Russ said. He said, make a list and ask yourself how or why it can help. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great idea. As I said in the podcast, I think too many people go to the negative. I can't because. What are your becauses? Are you stuck in this old way of thinking that it's always been done that way? You know, just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean that we have to continue to do it. The world is changing. We need to change with it. Otherwise, it's going to just pass us by, possibly even run us over. I think there was a lot of great advice from both Joanne and Russ. You know, Joanne's been doing this for a long time. And while there's many messages that, that I could share with you from this podcast, hopefully you're picking up on a few subtle ones that really wasn't about today's podcast. For example, bringing someone into our business with no experience allows them to move forward and learn in ways that those that do have experience can't. A lot of you listening today are letting your own belief systems hold you back from doing something new and innovative. Well, that doesn't happen if you have somebody like Joanne coming into the organization. She doesn't have any of those bad habits. And she can be innovative. That's why they've been doing it for as long as they have and doing it successfully. See, Jerry Noonan saw a long time ago a need. He needed to build that visit frequency because he had no choice. Just as the industry right now should be saying. We have no other choice. 
And if you do choose not to, then you're really choosing to be left behind. See, Joanne's story and Jerry's story is one of success in that what seemingly is the impossible for a lot of us is actually possible. What makes it possible? They believed it was. And that's really the challenge I have for all of you. Take away the tips that you heard in this podcast, the simple things like the small little stories you can tell to, to relate, get people to relate, like when your body sits and gets sedentary, so does your car. That makes sense, doesn't it? The fact that all mileage-based services are really also time-based services, why not just eliminate the mileage from the conversation? Will people change immediately? Nope. Will it take time? You bet. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I think we need to be patient. We need to be persevering. And we need to do it because we must. We'll create a win for not just our customers, but our shops and everyone in them. We'll create a win for the cars as well because they'll last longer because they'll be seeing the doctor more often. I want to remind you something Joanne said to help reiterate this point. 70% of her customers come in based on time. I, I, I can't even imagine how anyone would do anything other than jump on this after hearing a statistic like that. It used to be that people were told to come in every three months or 3,000 miles, and we know nobody paid attention to that. When did they show up? 5,000 miles? We go to a 5,000-mile interval now, five months and 5,000 miles. When do they show up? 7,000 miles? And if I'm only doing 14, 15, 16,000 miles a year, you're lucky to see me twice. Now COVID comes in, into town. And I'm barely driving the car at all. How often are you seeing me now? Once a year? 1.5 if you're lucky? You can't make that up with a new car count. The amount of money it's going to cost you to do it is going to be detrimental to your, your health and survival. We've got to get these cars in more often. Use the seasons to help it happen if you need to. Use that seasonal card that we always talk about here. Talk to your coach. You know, focus on those exit appointments. Think about all the things that we talked about related to that and the benefits to the company and to the people who drive those cars. If you do annual inspections in your town or smogs or emissions or a combination thereof, do something about it. Don't be reactive and wait for them to come to you. Get ahead of it. I hear so many complaints so often about cars that, that are coming in at the end of the month because of this and their ARO drops and it's nothing but excuses. Well, you got to take those out because, because, because. No, their car count. Those cars need maintenance too. Let's focus on time. Let's make our businesses thrive during this very difficult time that we're in. And let's use this as not a way to get through COVID, but how our businesses are changing because of it. That is probably the most important lesson I can share with you guys today. And that is that all of our businesses are changing. Not getting through, but changing because of COVID. I hope, just as we talked about in the podcast, the movie Robots, if you've seen it, that you see a need. And not just see it, do something about it. Fill that need. You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, by emailing podcast at autotraining.net. Let me know what it is you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. Make sure you follow this podcast 
so you're notified when the next podcast is available. If you're unfamiliar with ATI and you want to learn more, you can check us out online at autotraining.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.